prayer. Prayer is such a vital uh, part of walking with the Lord. But prayer, like reading the word, worship, anything, it can be a drudgery. It can be an absolute drudgery when we are doing something in the flesh. Reading the Word, for instance, that's one of the things that we talk about here and we encourage you to do. But if you go to the Word and you just approach it from a fleshly, intellectual point of view, it can be very frustrating. But when you go to the Word, if you will just stop and you will just open up your heart and you will say, God, I want to hear from you. The Word can be absolutely life-changing. And it's the same with prayer. Prayer can be absolutely life-changing for you. It can take life from something that is absolutely frustrating and confusing to something that is, is more joyful. Not that you're going to have all the answers or anything like that, but it can absolutely change your life. But in order for that to happen, the Spirit has to come in. But one of the things that we can get into when it comes to prayer is that we can go in in flesh mode with our agendas and lay out for God what we want Him to do and how we want Him to do it. And when we go in with that mindset, number one, we're not filled with joy. Uh, we're not focusing on God Himself. We're focusing on all the things that we want changed. And number two, we're reminded of all the things that God isn't changing that we want Him to change. And so in that moment, does prayer become something that you're drawn to, something that you want to do? Absolutely not. Prayer is just something that is, is, is frustrating and, and maybe you push yourself to do it because maybe you think you're earning brownie points with God. Have you ever had someone come to you and rather than sitting down and just having a conversation with you, they sit down and they start going through their agenda with you and it's almost as if you're not there. They're just like, I want this done, I want this, I do want this and you're just kind of like... Okay, so I'm just someone here to give you something. And you're not having a conversation. Nobody likes that. Does that move your heart to, to, to want to bless them? Now, thankfully, God's not us. But my point is, is that what we want to bring to God? I don't think so. But it's where we can go. It's, it's the place that we can fall into when we're not opening our heart up to the Spirit. So this morning, I first of all want to look at what it looks like to come before the Lord in our flesh. Then I want to move into what's it look like to move into a place where we are praying through the Spirit. Because if you are in a place this morning where you're just like, you know, I'm just, I, I have to force myself to pray. When I do pray, it, it just, it just something that kind of bogs me down. I, I want you to know that that can change. That can change when you learn what it is to pray in the Spirit. First scripture I want to go to is James chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. And the reason I'm going to the scripture is because James really lays out what happens when we go to the Lord and we bring our agendas just kind of in the flesh and, and what ends up happening, what the, what the real result is. And I'm going to begin in verse 1. It kind of gives a context before we get to verse 3, which is where I'm going to focus on this. So in verse 1, James says, What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? 
Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you, which all of us have, by the way. If, if you are living and breathing, uh, you are fighting a war inside of you. Verse 2, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and you kill to get it. So he's talking about someone who's giving into the flesh here. They're letting their flesh rule them. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it from them. Then listen to what he says. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. So he's talking about a person that they're not even seeking the Lord. They're just out there. This is what I want. How do I get it? And they start working through the schemes of how to get it. And when we get to that place, what ends up happening is that we often end up stepping on other people, but I find we don't even necessarily know we're doing it. And the reason is we're just focused on getting what we want. And when we get into that place, we can hurt people that we actually love. We can hurt our own family members, and we're not even aware of it simply because we're focused. We're like, that's what I want. That's what I'm going after. And so they're not even praying. But what happens when we move into a place of prayer? Verse 3 says, and even when you ask, you don't get it. Because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. The flesh is all about you. The flesh is all about pleasure. And oftentimes, we, you know, we hear the verses that talk about, you know, ask the Lord and it's going to be given. And we think that we can go to the Lord with whatever our flesh is wanting and, and He's just going to give it to us. Well, you know what? He's a loving father. He's not going to do that to you because he's a loving father. Why? Because your flesh will destroy you. And God wants to transform you. The freedom that George talked about earlier. That freedom is found when we are transformed into the image of Christ. And we are not the ones that do that. It's God doing it. But it's a matter of us opening our heart up to him. And part of the way that we do that is we say, okay, I'm not going to follow the flesh. Instead, I'm going to follow the spirit. Now, in and of ourselves, we're not able to just say no to the flesh. It means saying yes to the spirit. That's how we say no to the flesh. And so if you're that person and you're just going to God and, and you've got your agenda, okay, God, I, you know, I need this. I need you to move here. I need you to move here. I, I'm telling you right now, Prayer is going to be super frustrating because once again, it, you're going to look at things and you're, you're just going to be like, all right, God, I've been waiting on you to do this. I've been waiting on you to do this. You're not, you're, you're not doing that. And what we're missing here is this. We're not going to God and saying, God, your ways are much higher than mine. God, are you up to something here? You know, we have this idea that any, any kind of struggle we face, oh, it's the devil. He's coming after me. Well, you know what? Part of the way that God is going to shape you is to allow struggles in your life. What? To realign you, to refocus you. God has all kinds of things that He's trying to do. He's not only trying to work in you, He's trying to work in other people. And you know what? Life is not all about me. <laughs> life is about Him. 
Now, does he want to bless me? Absolutely. But he also wants to do things through me. And so that may mean sacrifice on my part. That may mean I have to go through some challenges for him. You know, I mentioned the the team going to Guatemala. God's going to do some big things. I have no doubt. But you know what? There's going to be some discomfort too. They're going to be in a place where they don't know the language. It's not going to be as clean as what they're used to. They're not going to have all the AC that they're normally used to. There's going to be some discomfort. But in the midst of it, God's going to do something. So why would they do it? Because God's calling them to do it. That's number one. It's for Him. But when they really lay themselves out in that way, what's going to happen is is that because God loves them, He's going to move in them in powerful ways. But we never experience that when we just come to God and we're like, God, I want this and this. Instead, what God would ask of us is that we come to Him and we just we lay our agenda down. That doesn't mean that we don't forget about the things that are on our mind. I'm not saying that. But we just kind of stop and we come before the Lord and we say, Okay, Lord, You lead this time. If you will let God lead your prayer time, here's what's going to happen. You're not going to want to leave it. You're going to take it with you all day long because of what you experience when the Spirit leads you. We're going to get to that scripture later on. There's a scripture that talks about never stop praying. Some of your versions will say, pray without ceasing. If you pray in the flesh, you're like, that's crazy. If you pray in the Spirit, it's going to totally make sense to you because you don't want to leave the Spirit. It doesn't matter if you have to go to work. It doesn't matter if you have to go clean the stalls. You want to be walking in the Spirit in the midst of that because there is something unbelievably powerful that happens. And I want you to hear this. You don't have to be in this church service to experience the Spirit. You can experience the Spirit no matter what you're doing, but you must be open to Him, okay? You don't come in. You're not in control. You open up. You allow Him to lead. So what's that look like? One of the scriptures I want to look at this morning is Matthew chapter 6. This is where Jesus kind of lays out what prayer is about. One of the places that he does that. And I want to begin in verse 5, and then it's going to move into, you know what, some people call the Lord's Prayer. Um, But I I really want to get into what that's about. But we're going to start out in verse 5, because um, he, he gives us some idea of what prayer shouldn't look like before he moves into what it should look like. So verse 5 says this, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, this is all the reward they will ever get. Now, I want you to hear this. This is not saying that you don't pray in community. Because as you go through Scripture, I mean, when the Holy Spirit comes down, guess what they're doing? They're praying in community. As you move through Acts, it talks about them having prayer services together. When Peter gets set free from prison, what's going on? They're in a group and they're praying together. So this isn't saying don't pray together. Absolutely not. There are powerful things that happen when we come together to pray. But what it's saying is this, are you doing it just to be heard? And we've all seen that. 
And what it does is it intimidates other people, number one, to not want to pray. Because some of you have heard these long, eloquent, theological prayers that were filled with all kinds of words that you're like, I don't even know what they said, but it sounded pretty. That does not impress God. You know what impresses God? Your heart. That's what impresses God. When we have prayer times together, I'm inviting you just to speak out of your heart. It doesn't need to sound all that intelligent. It doesn't need to sound all that eloquent. God wants you. You. He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear what's on your heart. And so part of what the Lord is saying right here, if you're doing it just to impress others, and we can take anything, we were talking about this in in our Sunday school this morning, there's nothing that we can't take and try to spin it and make it all about us. So he's saying, first of all, don't don't make it about you. Don't, Don't make it as a way to draw attention to yourself, to say, look at me, look at how holy I am. Um, you know, in, in different, different cultures do this differently. I, I've been in cultures before where the person who prays the loudest, they're the most holy. And, and some of these people that you would be around when you were around them one-on-one, they were just obnoxious, uh, not very caring people. But when they got into the group setting, man, they were letting it rip to let everybody know how holy they were. Guess what? They got all the reward they're going to get by the attention they got from others. That's not what the Lord's looking for. Verse 6, what's he looking for? But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. What's that about? He's saying get rid of the distractions first of all. So when we come to the Lord... One of the first things that we want to do is just kind of quiet ourselves. Just kind of breathe out, okay? Let the mind clear a little bit and listen to the Lord. You know, as we come into worship, you know, we go through numerous songs that we're singing. You know, why are we doing that? Well, there's several things going on. I mean, we're worshiping the Lord. We're trying to bless Him. But another thing that's going on is we're trying to get our minds off of all that stuff out there so that we can focus on Him and hear from Him. And I want you to know that takes time. It takes some effort. So what he's saying is get away from the distraction so that you can Hear me. Well, whatever that looks like for you. Uh, Sometimes I have to go to the barn, okay? Because we got so much activity going on. That's the only place where I'm going to find some peace and quiet to just be able to hear from the Lord. So he's saying, get away. So as you go, get away. Get rid of the distraction. Have some time, okay? And this is another thing that can be tricky. You know, when I've got something going on right after this, it can be tricky because I'm thinking about, okay, I can't miss this deadline. I got to, you know, and, I, and I'm and when I'm there, I'm, I'm not really there. You know what I'm saying? So, so you need to think about when are you going to do it? It needs to be at a time when you're not pressured. Uh, if it is in the morning before work, get up early enough that you got extra time. You got margin to burn. Otherwise, it's hard to really focus. So he's saying, get to a place that you can really focus and that you can hear from the Lord. Then he goes into verse seven. 
When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. You know, sometimes people talk about, you know, praying the certain length of time. You know, God's going to be impressed if you can pray the certain length of time. And when we get into that mindset, uh, we, we start thinking, okay, I'm going uh, I'm to make God do this by saying it over and over again. And if I say it at least 50 times, he has to do it. Listen, God wants to bless you. And this is going to declare, he already knows what you want to pray. So we don't need to go to that place. Again, our purpose is to be more focused on hearing from him and allowing him to lead our prayer rather than going in and being like, okay, I'm going to arm wrestle God and I'm going to win. I'm going to get what I want. God knows what you need more than you know. And God knows that sometimes you might be praying a certain way and it's not the best way. And he actually wants to redirect you to pray a different way if you will stop and listen. You know, let me give you an example. I've mentioned this before. Every single day I pray for my kids. I pray for them by name. Um, That's one of those things that happens every day. But in that, I have felt the Lord move me from um, being focused and praying for certain things. Because, you know, you see your kids come up against certain challenges, whatever. Uh, Maybe there's somebody in their life that's not being kind, whatever it is. And you can come into that like, okay, God, do something. Strike them down. You know, the other person, whatever it is. And what I have felt God moving me in the midst of that is like, whoa, slow down. I love your kids more than you do. I want to train them up. In order to train them up, guess what? They've got to face challenges. They've got to learn to turn to me as in God, turn to God. And that only happens through the things that go on in their life. It doesn't happen from dad just telling them, this is the way that you should go. This is the best way. Trust in God. Okay, that doesn't work for any of us. We have to learn by going through the process. And so when I go before the Lord, one of the Lord things the Lord has led me to do is to spend more time thanking him for what he's doing in my kids than specifically telling him what he needs to be doing. Trusting that he actually has something better in mind than what I'm thinking. All right, he goes on. Verse 8, as I had already said, don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask. Know that. He already knows what you need. So in verse 9, he says this, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. So the thing I want you to see right there is immediately the focus is on God. So we come in, we quiet ourselves, okay? We open ourselves up to the Lord. And the first thing we do is focus on God. Focusing on God is going to align everything together. As we begin, it talks about him being holy here. That means set apart. As we begin to focus on who God is, and what we want to do in that moment is just start declaring who he is. 
Not only are we worshiping him, but we are reminding ourselves of who he is. And when you remind yourself of who he is, these things that seem so big to you, they just keep shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. I mean, this is the God who spoke creation into existence. He splits waters. He he heals by people touching his garment. I mean, there is no limit to his power. And as we start off and we begin focusing on that, all of a sudden, all these things that we were stirred up about, that the enemy was bringing us into a place of darkness, it, it just starts to leave. And we start to be elevated because we're focusing on who God is. So as we enter prayer, it's not about saying these words. It's about declaring who God is. Then it says, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it's in heaven. So a couple things there. We're focused on His kingdom. Which again, it's, it's, uh, we know we're supposed to do that, but it's easy to forget that, right? You get involved in the daily things of life and you're thinking about the repairs you need to do on your home and you know the things that you need to get set up for work over here and your kids. and It, it just goes on and on. And you're, If somebody asked you, is the kingdom more important? You'd say, well, yeah. But that's not where your focus is. And so once again, we want to focus. Okay, God, as I'm walking through this day, your kingdom is is what it's all about. Your kingdom's coming. That means that everything else is going to fade away. This is what's important. And then I'm praying about his will. His will be done. Well, what is his will? Well, it's not my will. I want to align my will to his will. That's what I want to do. So it's this change that's happening. And what's happening is I'm entering into the spirit at this place. And I'm, I'm leaving this flesh behind. And it is absolutely going to change the way that I pray. He goes on and he says, give us today the food we need. Now, <clears throat> I've been reading through um, Exodus and I've been reading through Numbers and so on. And the Hebrews uh, have been delivered from Egypt. They're in the wilderness. And over and over, they're like, God, give us some food. God, this food stinks. God, did you bring us out here to kill us? And over and over, people die because they're complaining. And then they keep doing it again and again and again. This isn't about coming to God and saying, all right, God, I need this, this, and this, and you better give it to me. No, no, no. It's coming to God and saying, God, (laughs) I am dependent on you for everything. Absolutely everything. And and sometimes we forget that in this uh, blessed uh, place that we live because we have so much and we just think that nothing can happen to it. It can. It can all be taken away like that. And so we want to recognize, God, I need you for every little thing. And again, what it does is it reminds us of all that God gives us. You see, we could have came in with all our demands and then be focused on what God wasn't doing. But instead, we're like, God, I need you for everything. And then we're like, man, now I'm reminded of all that God has given me and is giving me. And it's just like, I am so blessed. I don't even remember what my requests were. That's where we want to go to. That's where the Lord wants to take us because it's the true place to be. And then he says, and forgive us our sins as we've forgiven those who sin against us. All of us need forgiveness of sins. And this is a place we want to go to. We want to be open. 
God, show me where I'm sinning, where I'm going against you. Because we are all there, okay? If you don't think you are, ask some people around you what you need to be praying about. You know, the people you're around on a daily basis, they'll be happy to tell you. You have stuff. So we want to get to that place. But we also want to be forgiving others. You've got people that are coming against you. But if you're focused on that and you're like, God, you need to change them. God, you need to punish them. Well, that's not our focus. We want to turn it over to God. And we want to say, God, I need forgiveness as much as that person who's coming against me right now. I've got no rights over them. I thank you for the forgiveness that you've given me, and I want them to experience that, and I, I give them over to you. doesn't mean that we like what they're doing. doesn't mean they're going to discontinue it. But we're not in that place that we're, we're standing like the righteous one, like, God, strike them down. Because we know we need forgiveness as much as anybody else. Verse 13, And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. It's a reminder of how weak we are without the Lord. And what that does, again, is it causes us to lean into the Spirit. Lord, I need your strength. I need your power. Even if I know something is wrong, it's not enough for me not to do it. I need the power of the Spirit to walk in. And when you recognize all of this, here's what this does. I want to share one more verse that I alluded to earlier. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says this. I'm going to read 16 and 18 too. It says, Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. Never stop praying. Listen. When you get into that place in the spirit that I had just talked about, that's where you want to be. You never want to stop praying. And that means that as you're going about, you're always looking for the Lord to guide you. You're looking for Him to guide you into what you should be doing. You're looking for Him to guide you away from temptation. I mean, you're, you're looking for Him to guide your thoughts, give you strength. I find that I need the Lord every minute of every day. Uh, sometimes I have these moments and my family will look at, look at me weird. We'll be sitting there kind of quiet and all of a sudden I'm just like, Jesus. And they're like, what's, what's the matter with you? And it's because I, these thoughts are going through my mind and I, I'm just, I'm calling out. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, guide me right now because I find the enemy is always trying to sideline me through this up here. And so I must continually pray. <clears throat> Doing a little prayer in the morning, a little prayer at night. <laughs> That's not enough for me. I can't do it. I need God constantly. If you want to experience life-changing prayer, life-altering prayer, it's possible. But here's what's got to happen. you got to lay the flesh down. you got to approach Him and say, Lord, I'm open. I'm open to Your Spirit. And when you do that, God is going to lead you someplace. And what's going to happen is, is that He's going to then lead you as to what you need to be praying. Things are going to come up to your mind and, and you're, you're just going to be like, I wasn't planning on praying for that. I wasn't planning on praying in this way. But I really feel directed to pray in this way here. And what happens is you're aligning yourself with God and you're going to begin to see this movement happening and then that's going to get exciting and you're going to want to continue with that. 
But if you come in with the flesh and you're just like, God, do this, God, do this. He's, he's not reacting to that. He's not going to react to that. But when you say, God, I want to be led by your spirit. What's going to happen there is you're going to be aligned with the God of heaven who is up to something. And he's going to use you as part of that. And it's going to get exciting. And you're not going to want to leave it. This isn't just for certain people. This is for anyone. Anyone here. It's for all of us. God wants you to experience life-altering prayer. Uh, it, it can be uh, <laughs> so fulfilling. And you never have to leave him. You know, when you're alone, guess what? You're with him and you can pray. When you're in a big group, guess what? You can be connected with him. It might be a friendly group. It might be a hostile group. doesn't matter. You can be with him. He wants to be there with you. He's inviting you. Do you want to be a part of it? If you would stand, please. We're going to be uh, worshiping.